0: Welcome to Create Photography, a podcast all about the creative side of photography. I am your host, Daniel Sig. In today's episode, episode two, I'd like to discuss mindfulness and photography and how being mindful can help you create better images. the readers of my blog recently commented that she loved the mindfulness my photography encourages. I love the compliment, don't we all? But this comment really made me think more about the connection of mindfulness with photography. I have encountered mindfulness in the past as a psychological or spiritual process where one attempts to be present or in the moment. In the context of creating photography, I'd like to define mindfulness slightly differently. Being mindful just means being aware or purposeful about your photography. We can be more mindful about what we include or exclude in a photograph, about the moods we intend to create with our images, or the overall story we are trying to tell. Mindfulness in photography fundamentally speaks to the issue of taking versus making a picture. By making a picture, I mean to capture and or create the imagery with intention. And this brings me to one of the perhaps most important concepts in photography, visualization, sometimes also referred to as pre-visualization. Basically, it means to see the photograph in your mind's eye before pressing the shutter. Or, in other words, visualization means to have a vision of your photograph in its final form. Sometimes this could be a vision of a landscape photograph that you have in your mind even before you take the trip to the location. And sometimes visualization can just happen right there in the moment, just before you take the image, in the spur of the moment, so to say. The great Ansel Adams was big into visualization. And there is some rare footage of Ansel... Talking about this, I will link to this rare footage in the show notes. Visualization is not only important in photography disciplines, where you have perhaps more time to prepare, such as studio photography or landscape photography, but also in more faster paced photography niches, like street photography. Speaking of street photography, you might have heard that people talk about two types of street photographers. Hunters versus Fishermen In this metaphor, the fisherman-type photographer is a person who stays put in a certain scene and waits for something to happen, often somebody walking into the frame, waiting for interesting light or shadow place and so forth. On the other hand, we have the hunter who walks around with her camera and literally hunts for subjects. Some might argue that the fisherman is more mindful about his approach in the sense of visualizing a scene before he presses the shutter. But I think a strong hunter-type street photographer is also mindful and just learned to work and see or visualize much faster. So I would simply argue that For whether you take it a little more slow, measured like the fisherman, or more fast-paced, I think it's helpful to visualize images in order to create strong photographs. I also know that some people might argue with this and say that visualization takes away from spontaneity. And I do understand that concern or argument. I heard a photographer say that some of his best photographs were taken when he did not overthink it. And I do understand that point. However, having said this, visualization does not mean overthinking necessarily. It just means to have a vision of your final photograph or a strong concept that you are going to execute. Also, being mindful and to visualize does not mean that you are giving up spontaneity. We can be mindful and still take snapshots. Again, the example here is the hunter-type street photographer, who doesn't really take a lot of time before he takes the shot, but he still often might just visualize his shot. For an experienced photographer, it is much easier to act fast, for example in street photography, and still be mindful. That's where the importance of knowing your gear comes in. I would argue that even powerful snapshot-type photographs were shot with intention. This intent may, at least in part, distinguish great street photography from the average. One thing that really helps with focusing more on composition and overall visualization is to not let get your gear in the way. What I mean by that is to keep things simple. Do not fumble with lenses, keep settings straightforward, limit your choices. This is especially true if you're dealing with faster-paced photography. But overall, I find that limiting your gear and really knowing it helps you to focus on what's important. So this may sound all very theoretical. So how does visualization really work practically in real life? Ansel Adams became conscious of the difference between what his camera lens saw, so the literal, and what he saw in his mind's eye, the expressive, as the final print at a young age of 25, when he took an image of the half-dome in Yosemite. He used a red filter to change the scene on the film to something he saw in his mind's eye. That was when he discovered photographic visualization. Visualization does require some technical knowledge and the ability to execute an image with appropriate technical intent. Sharpness, depth of field, correct exposure. It will also require some knowledge and technique in post-processing. Of course, it requires visualizing composition and image elements, and how the final image would look like, perhaps as a print on the wall. One of Ansel's favorite sayings was, and I quote, There's nothing worse than a sharp image of a fuzzy concept, end quote. For me personally, I like to pre-visualize my photographs mentally, in my mind's eye, Sometimes, if there is time to prepare for a shot or a series of photographs, mood boards or storyboards can be very helpful, or concept drawings. Sometimes I will use images for inspiration. We talked about studying other people's work for inspiration in episode 1, where we talked about creative block. Using pre-visualization helps me bring the ideas behind the image to life. So... Let's just assume we are out in the field and observe a beautiful landscape scene. Now you see that scene. What attracted you to the scene? What is the main subject? What are the elements? Foreground, background, corners? What is the key intent, story, message, mood of the image? If there is no intent, message, story or mood, then there is probably no image. Or not a very strong one, at least. Imagine the finished image on the wall. Do you see a literal depiction of the scene? Do you see a black and white photograph? Or something more abstract, perhaps, with just a small detail of the scene? Find your vantage point and choose your lens. If you only have one lens, move around and try different vantage points with your viewfinder. Choose your color scheme. I usually recommend to make that determination ahead of time. I know not everybody might agree with that, but that's usually what happens for me. Consider any other technical aspects: use of filters, a tripod, depth of field, exposure, polarizer, etc. As my personal style tends to be more minimalist, I naturally strive to eliminate any distractions and reduce the image to its essence. The result is more often than not that I am able to execute capture what I have visualized beforehand. Of course, I might not always be happy with the result, I might have rushed too much, or the light was not as expected, or my negatives did not turn out as contrasty as I liked. So wrapping this up, mindfulness and photography are truly connected, in my opinion. A key connection point is visualization of images you are intending to take in your mind's eye. I do think visualization is really a key concept in photography and super important. Mindfulness is part of many creative processes. And while a strong photograph may require some mindfulness by the photographer, it may indeed encourage mindfulness in the viewer as well, like in the example I mentioned in the beginning. The compelling image is the one that lets us pause Let's our eyes wander in the image, Let's us explore it and perhaps truly immerse ourselves in that image in that particular moment. I would argue that those images tend to be the ones made by a mindful photographer. That concludes our episode. Thanks so much for listening. This was episode 2 of Create Photography. Please subscribe to the channel for more content like this. You can find the show notes and a link to the blog post, a link to Adam's brief two-minute video about visualization and other resources at danielsigphotography.com forward slash episode 002. Have a great week and talk to you soon. Bye.